0: Well, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew chapter um, five and six. I'm gonna kind of be hanging out there a little bit. We are continuing this series about the kingdom of God, realizing that, that it is important to know who Jesus is. He is the doorway to the kingdom, but, but it's also important to realize that we do not have to wait until we die to experience heaven. If you remember in Jesus's um, teaching us how to pray, The Lord's Prayer. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Your kingdom come. His kingdom. Jesus wants his kingdom to be established in our lives in this world. We don't have to wait until we experience going to heaven to experience heaven on earth. His kingdom wants to be revealed. If, if you've ever seen the movie The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe or The Chronicles of Narnia, that would be the movie, and then the books, C.S. Lewis books, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you realize that the wardrobe is actually Jesus. You, you enter the kingdom of God by, by a relationship with Jesus and you step into the wardrobe and the wardrobe... I would say is Jesus. Well, actually, Jesus is Aslan, right? The Lion, but I I know everybody's like, that is not Jesus. The wardrobe is not Jesus. He's the lion in that movie. But if you realize that there is a passageway into the kingdom, and and our passageway starts with Jesus. Jesus is the passageway to experience this kingdom of God. And and so, but but what happens in society, and we've been doing this for, for uh millenniums of trying to organize ourselves into systems that somehow make sense and order of it, but it all breaks down. So for example, fascism made the state supreme, Nazism made race supreme, communism made the common good supreme, the oligarchy made money supreme, socialism made society supreme, and then we are in our system here, democracy that really focus on capitalism, guess what it makes supreme? Individualism supreme. We, wanna, we, we pride ourselves in being self-sufficient, individual, and we get a voice, and we're independent. But what happens with all of these systems is they begin to break down over time. It's either heavy control has to keep the system intact or money has to keep the system intact or um, accountability keeps the system intact. But what happens is they will always break down and we're already starting to see the breakdown of our society. But what does not ever break down and it is a system that God has organized called the kingdom of God And he wants us to live in it and he wants us to understand how to exist in it. And he, Jesus, who is the king in this kingdom, is a solid rock on which we stand. He is the one that we can trust. That's why I love what we sang. He is trustworthy. His God establishes the kingdom. This is not like man-made. This is God-made. And when we learn to live in it, we can find that we have all the peace, we have the joy, we have the contentment, we have those deepest longings that we have in our system, uh, in our beings when we understand how to live in the kingdom. The problem is, here's the problem. Now we grew up in a capitalistic democracy and then we grew up in our school systems and then our family systems and depending on what those systems were, we have been conditioned and trained in a certain way. So when we start talking about the kingdom of God, we kind of get a little bit lost because we've never really been trained in understanding that system, the kingdom of God system. So today, what I'm going to try to do is help us understand this kingdom of God system with Jesus as the king. We're going to walk through the wardrobe and we're going to learn to say there's another world out there that he wants us to live in and, and it can be here and now. And, and on the other side of that world is Incredible. Now, now, remember, Jesus says to be in the world, but not of the world. So what he's talking about is saying that there's two systems that we kind of have to live in. We're living in the world that we were born into, right? Our environment, our societal systems, our family systems. But then he's saying, when you become a Christian, when you become a new creation, now what is access to you is this kingdom of God that has incredible things this, this land for us, this uh, environment for us to live in. But what happens is, is many times we make a decision and we go, to, we go to God in our prayer closet, it's almost like we lock ourselves in the wardrobe and all we are doing is we're, we're, we've gotten used to staying in the wardrobe, but we didn't go to the back of the wardrobe and open up the back, taking the analogy of Narnia, and realize that there's another whole world to be lived called the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter six, and this is where we're going to hang out in Matthew a little bit, it's so important that we understand Jesus spent a lot of his time talking about the kingdom of God because he understood that that's where is going to give us living water, it's going to give us life and life in the full when we understand how to live in the kingdom while living in this world, in this world, but not of this world, because we are of another world as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, we are of the world, the kingdom of God world. By the way, the kingdom of heaven is also synonymous with the kingdom of God. So if you read the Bible and you see kingdom of heaven, it's not like, like, probably the way I grew up, I was thinking kingdom of heaven is waiting till we go to heaven, but it's actually to be lived here and now. But, But I love this. In Matthew chapter six, verse 33, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Or all these things will be given to you. And you say, well, what's going to be given to me? What's going to be added to you? And I'll say, it's the deepest longings of your life. And I'll tell you, the deepest longings are not more money, not the greater vacation. Although I had an amazing vacation. My kids were trying to teach me how to surf. If you want to see an old man learn how to surf and have a good laugh at it, you would have been on the beach laughing at me. Um, But I had so much fun. The waves tumbling, tumbling me over and me looking completely foolish out there. But I had a great time. And, and it made me realize that sometimes, uh, you know, we can't fully experience the kingdom unless we approach faith, and, and maybe the wardrobe is better better expressed as faith. I always like to say faith and Jesus are tied together, but maybe the wardrobe more, more represents faith. And again, sorry if I'm using a wardrobe analogy, and you don't know what it is um, from this movie, it's... It's these kids who are in this house and they enter this wardrobe and they that's what enters them into this other whole realm, this kingdom of God realm. And so I wonder if the wardrobe's faith, but, but I, but I, but I think it's, it's like you have to, these kids use their imagination. I think faith sometimes is that, or being a child requires that is saying, I can't be so locked in my mind and the, in the world's systems in my the way I've been uh, raised, systems that I can't experience this kingdom of God that's going to require faith. And I think this is why Jesus, and if you've been following along with us on this journey of the kingdom of God, we spent a lot of time talking about where it initiates. The seed, it was in, in the heart, right? He talks about these places that that the seed of faith is planted that begins to grow. And he's talking about faith growing into this place like the kingdom of God. He had talked about it as a mustard seed. He had talked about it in, in these different realms of understanding, but it has something to do with our heart. And if we just try to do it, uh, analyze it with our mind, we're going to fall short. So all of you super smarty pants in the room, this is where you struggle because sometimes it's like, I can't reason it. And, and people have the hardest time experiencing the kingdom of God because they can't reason it because it's not to be reasoned, it's to be lived. And it initiates by something gets planted in your heart and then begins to bloom into something much grander than we ever thought or can imagine. But it takes faith like a child. It takes a heart that's willing. And, and we'll get into what are the qualities. How do, you, how do you move from stepping into the wardrobe into the new kingdom, into the new realm? And we're going to explore that together. But, but what's unfortunately, the church has also created a system for us that we um, need to unravel a little bit because we could either just say, hey, you know what? The church is really a, a great social organization that we do a lot of good in the world. And by the way, the church has been known for doing some of the best work in the world and caring for people. And, and that is, that's Jesus' heart, right? Matthew 25, as much as you've done it for the least of these, visit, visit people in prison, care for the widows, give a cup of cold water in my name to those who are thirsty. As much as we've done it to the least of these, we've done it to Jesus. So we know that's part of our calling. But if all it is is saying, hey, we just are, are to do a bunch of good works, I still feel like we fall short or the church has made a religious system, which is about the, the, uh, the duty, right? You need to make sure you go to church every Sunday, which by the way, go to church every Sunday. It's good for your soul and spirit. But, but you just felt like I have to do this or somebody's making me do this. I'm doing it out of duty and obligation. That's a religious system and that there's no life in that. and, and all that is another man-made system, or the other one, which is a system of morality, which by the way, this scripture tells us how to live. But if all we do is boil it down into the, here's the rules of how to live, then that becomes legalism. It's another system. But when we unpack all of these things and realize that actually the, the kingdom of God is meant that, that there's a king, and there's a spiritual family, and that's his church, and Jesus is the head of that church, And so the head of this church, who's the head of this church? Jesus is the head of church or God. God's the head of this church. And I get to be a privilege of stewarding part of that along with a great team and along with you. But at the end of the day, this is, this does not belong to any human being. This belongs to Jesus. And so we, we bend to his system and we bend to his kingdom. So how do we do this? So we know that first we, it starts with prayer, right? Jesus said that we that we need to, this is how we are to pray. Our Father who art in heaven. So we have a Father, we have a heavenly Father. Hallowed be your name, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, the kingdom of heaven comes to earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So our provision, we actually mentioned that today that we needed to, um, we needed to think about God as our provider and forgive us our debts, or so in other words, the, our shortcomings, forgive us those times that we've fallen short as we've forgiven our debtors, those who have trespassed against us, those who have wronged us, we forgive them and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from, the evil, from evil and realizing that we live in this spiritual battle of good and evil and we have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy But the good news is when we walk into this kingdom of God, there is fullness of joy. There is fullness of peace. There is fullness of, of goodness and life to be lived. So how do we get there? How do we get there? We have to realize that we first get there, first and foremost, if you're here and you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, surrendering to him, making him the Lord of your life. Basically, Jesus, your king. You're king over everything. You're king over my life. You're king over uh, my finances. You're king over my job. You're king over my family. You are king, Lord, of all of those things, right? And so, but to do that, we have to, as the scripture tells us, we have to confess with our mouth that he is, and then we have to believe in our heart, and that's where the seed of faith gets birthed, in our heart, that Jesus is Lord. And then we have to, this word, this little tricky word that we don't like to talk about very much but then there's repentance. Repentance is saying I was living my life this way and I'm going to turn from that way and now I'm going to follow a different way but a lot of times we don't know where to turn. We can turn to morality, we can turn to um, a religious system, we can turn to those things and like don't do and then do do, not do do, okay that's wrong. (laughs) do this and don't do this. <laughs> oh, I get myself in trouble so many times. All right, do this and don't do this, but, but then that becomes moralism or that becomes potentially legalism and, and we forget, but, but these things are important. He gives us those instructions in the word because they're important, it's where life is found, but only if it's found through Jesus Christ and living out in his kingdom way. So we have to begin. So Jesus is first. And so if you've never given your life to Jesus, it's simply this. Jesus, I ask you to be a part of my life. Not to be a part, to be the Lord of my life. Jesus, I invite you into my heart, realizing that faith is initiated. His spirit then ignites our spirit and something happens and we become a new creation the moment that we invite him into our life. But then we, then we are get confused of where to go, and, and this, is, this is what I wanna encourage you. The scripture says, without vision, people perish. That's a proverb in Proverbs. Without vision, people perish. And really what that is is like, without understanding where are we going, how do I know how to get there? And this is why I feel like the better approach isn't going to morality, isn't going to religious systems, is going to say, we have to learn how to live in the kingdom of God with Jesus the king. So how do we do that? Number one, this is what we have to to move towards. It's unfortunate, but we have to unlearn a bunch of things. Right, we try to take the world system and then put Jesus on top of the world system, but the reality is, is we actually have to live in a separate system called the kingdom of God while we are existing in this world that we've been birthed into. It's like, Jesus, could you have made it a little bit easier for us? Why do we have to like live in these two worlds at the same time? And, and the reality is God's God. I can't, I don't have all the answers to that. You can ask him that question. My job is just to point out his system, his ways, the kingdom of God. But number one, this is what we, I do know that, that is to enter his kingdom, we have to first and foremost surrender to his kingdom ways. And and for us in a capitalistic democracy, it's really hard because we've been trained to become individuals and we become like, don't tell me what I have to do because I'm gonna live my own life. And as long as you continue to say, I'm gonna live my own life, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can be a Christian but you can't enter the kingdom of God because you have to say, I'm, I gotta surrender my mind, will, and emotions to Jesus's way. And when I do, it unlocks something for us and we go from the wardrobe into, is it Narnia? Is that the world that they walk into? I need some shake, okay, yeah. I remember watching the movie, I just didn't completely engage. Unfortunately, one of the bad things is a little side rabbit trail for me. I'll watch a movie and then my kids will ask me, so Dad, you remember that movie? Da, 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 da. And I was like, sorry kids, I actually don't remember movies very well. But I, I do know that the wardrobe thing, I wouldn't be giving you, I wouldn't be leading you astray on that one. Okay, but thank you for the head nods, Narnia. Right? So we move to this place, surrender, faith in Jesus brings us to that place, but then we have to become like chi- children and surrender. And I think the other, the other part about children, not only is it faith like a child, but it's, it's, it's the dependence, the trust, and the relying on. So Pastor Richie, um, I know you. Do you mind coming up here for a moment? We didn't talk about this, but do you mind? By the way, do you really appreciate Pastor Richie? I really appreciate yeah. Pastor Richie. <laughs> so Rich, come here. Please don't do that, because what I'm going to ask of that does not require you to be an old man. Okay, so, I mean, we are older men these days, but, so I really appreciate you, and, and we've been doing ministry a long time together, and I just so appreciate it. So anyways, so I'm going to ask something of you, Pastor Richie. See, part of, of surrender is also trust, to trust that that the person that you don't always see, like we we sang about today, the person we don't always see is there and that we can depend on them. So, Pastor Richie, we've heard of trust falls, right? You know what that is. <laughs> I want to make sure what you know what that? <laughs> 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 am I sure? I, I do, uh, maybe we should have practiced, Pastor Richie. I'm no, no, no. I'm going to do it. You're going to catch me. What? Yeah. All right. So I don't know. I don't know where he is. I'm trusting that he is going to be behind me. Here we go. Oh! Pastor Richie, you let me down. You let me down. Okay, we're going to try it. Brother, brother, brother. We're going to do it again. So the key is you don't let me go to the floor. So, so the key is you go a little bit closer. See, and le- let me take an analogy of this. Like, when we expect Jesus to catch us, but we want Jesus way over there, it's really hard for Jesus to catch us. But when we keep our relationship tight relationship tight with Jesus, he catches us every time. So get a, li- get a little bit closer, Pastor Richie. You were letting me down. There you go. There we go. Oh, oh Roger, Roger. <laughs> Thanks, brother. All right. All right, so the reality is trust, right? So surrender, then trust, right? Surrender and trust. Thank you for helping me with that analogy, though. It's so true, right? We, we think that we only call out to Jesus when we're in trouble, and yet we've, we've distanced ourselves from Jesus and then we call it to Jesus and say, Jesus, catch me. And I was like, Jesus is like, um, why, why do you want me in your life now when I want, you, I want to be in your life all the other times? Now he'll come. Jesus is always good, right? He's always faithful. But, but, but here's the reality. He wants to be close to us. And I, and I think the kingdom of God is to be experienced in, in that kind of relationship that, that Jesus is the Lord of our life and he's close, right? We can't separate Jesus away from the kingdom of God. Jesus is central to it, because he's the king. He's the doorway to it, and it's relationship. It's not about just a system, right? And I think that's the the thing I wanna make sure you understand, that we're just not trying to understand a new system, although family systems, we can talk about that, but it's based on a relationship. Not moralism, although doing it God's way will will produce uh, life in in you. It'll produce the peace, it'll produce the hope, it'll produce the joy in in you when we do it God's way. But it cannot be separated from Jesus because if we do, then it becomes legalism and legalism, all it does is puts a bunch of more junk on you and then it makes you feel bad about yourself all the time. That's not what Jesus wanted. Okay, surrender. That includes trust. The next thing is you can, uh, we've talked about this a lot and I'm really hung up on it because I think it's, it's so important that, that when we begin to understand what the kingdom of God does, it actually produces something in your life. It will give evidence. It produces fruit. It's like a seed. When you plant it, you expect there to be a harvest. And when you have to plant the seed of faith and then you start to walk in the kingdom and you're not just staying in your prayer closet but you're saying, I'm gonna choose to walk into this whole new environment called the kingdom of God. And we'll, we'll talk a little, bit, a little bit more about how to get it, but it, it should be producing fruit. And this fruit that we'll be producing are things that you will have evidence and the people around you will see as well. And again, it's a lot of things that, that are of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. And uh, I always forget one, but I think I got them all there. But, but you, you, you begin to start saying, these things are manifesting in my life naturally. Now, it is not going to be where you have to work really hard on it. Like, I need to be more self-disciplined in this area. No, you just need to make Jesus the Lord of your life in that area. And and because if you try to go to self-discipline, that's still individualism and it's still self-will. And you're realizing that that's that's not the kingdom of God. That's just really good self-control. Well, I should say self-discipline. The fruit of a relationship with Jesus and a close relationship, walking in the kingdom of God, will be self-control, which just comes naturally. It's like, I don't need to discipline myself so much to this. It will just come more naturally. These will be fruit that comes of it. John, you can play, because I think it just helps me like just get to where I need to go. I appreciate you, John, by the way. Do you appreciate John? I just, I appreciate so every- I just love everybody today. I just got so much love in my heart. I just, I feel like I just want one big group hug right now. I don't know if that's possible. And some people are like, please do not do that. That is so awkward. It requires surrender, it requires trust. It should, you should see some signs of it. It'll become more evident of it, right? And then you say, well, I need a picture. I need a picture, what does it look like? What does it look like? How, do, what, how do, what does the kingdom of God look like? And I say, it looks a lot like Jesus' life. Because Jesus became incarnate, which means he left heaven, remember the prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus brought all the qualities of heaven with him. You want to know what your life should look like? You don't have to wear the bracelet, the doing what Jesus did bracelet. But in essence, I want you to be thinking about what does Jesus? What would Jesus do? And start doing those things. Look at Jesus' life, study his life, get in the gospels, start reading them, start consuming it because you will eventually be like, this is what the kingdom of God looks like by looking at Jesus' life. You say, well, ask Jesus, that's not me, but I would have to say, no, that is us because we have the spirit of God in us. We have the spirit of Christ in us, this, the Holy Spirit. And so it should be looking like us. Oh, really, we can heal? Yeah, I mean, if the Holy Spirit says, Pray for that person to be healed. Yes, of course. What does the kingdom of God look like? It looks like Jesus. The other thing I would encourage you, and this is not new, we've talked a lot about this, but in Proverbs chapter 4.23, it says, guard your heart above all else. All else is all else, above everything, guard it, above everything. Why, because it is the wellspring of life. In other words, it's the very place that the kingdom of God begins to be unlocked, where you begin to experience it. But if your heart is clouded by the world system, if your heart is clouded by by the stuff of the world, if your heart gets clouded and you just get a little murky and confused with that, and your heart starts being pulled away to these different things, different interests. And you'll know, I mean, you you ask the Lord, Lord, what's what's going on in my heart right now? You'll realize that that we have to guard it because that's actually where the kingdom of God is, birthed and experienced. Watch your heart. Watch your heart. And then lastly, number four, in John 16, 13 through 15, it says, The Spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. I think sometimes we get so worked up like, like I'm just, I'm tr- I just tell me what to do, right? You've been there. I, I'm the same way. Just like, give me the rule, I'll follow the rule. But the kingdom doesn't work that way, the kingdom works in a relationship. And so, so because it works out of a relationship, it's a moment-by-moment moment journey through this kingdom. And it's being able to be responsive to what that still small voice says, and I think that's why we have to guard our heart. If your heart is so noisy and, and your life is so noisy, you can't hear the still small voice of the whisper of the Holy Spirit who wants to guide you into all truth to understand what the kingdom of God is and how it's to be lived. Jesus says it is good for him to leave this earth that he gives us his holy spirit. Why? Because the spirit will help us. He's our helper, right? He will help us to understand how to live this life that we're called to be lived to, to live in. This kingdom of God life. Right? The spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. And Jesus says What is mine, it was the Father's. And what I give, the Father gives me, I give to you. So have confidence to know that you don't have to be like in the dark. Oh my word, I don't know how to do this. You do know how to do it. But it takes trust. It takes surrender. It takes a relationship with Jesus. It takes spending time with him and understanding who Jesus is, looking at his life and beginning to say, hey, this is the way Jesus lived his life this is the way I should be living my life. And then you have to say, Holy Spirit, come fill my life every single day and say, be the one to guide me into all truth and he will, he will, he will speak to you. He will speak to you. I, I shared this story a while ago, but I'm just, I'm still so amazed of how radical it has changed my life. Um, the passing of my dog and and it is because, it wasn't that my dog passed, but it was what the Spirit of God said to me in that moment. And he says, if, if you want something of your heart to be unlocked, in other words, if you, I need you to feel, allow me to walk you through this process of grief with your, with your dog. And I, I know it sounds silly, but, but it unlocked something inside of me that allowed me to experience the kingdom of God like I've never experienced before. But it took me responding to the spirit of truth who is going to guide me into all truth. So I had to listen and I had to obey and I had to surrender and I had to be willing to go through a trust fall. Like, really God, I'm gonna trust you. Like, I'm gonna feel this pain. I don't wanna feel pain, but I'm gonna trust you that that there's something gonna be good of this and in realizing that God never lets us down. Jesus is always faithful. And there is heaven to be lived now. We see in part and we will see in full and we will see Jesus face to face one day, but today we still can experience him in, the, in his fullness. He has a full life for you, church. And I want you to say yes to not only Jesus, but yes to start walking in the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for you and we're grateful that you continue to unfold more of you and your kingdom for us. Lord, let us be willing to forego some of the ways that we've been trained, some of the ways that we've been conditioned in this world. Let us realize that it's not about a capitalism or democracy or do's and don'ts or religion, but Lord, it's a relationship with you that we walk with you, Jesus, knowing that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. And as we're filled with your Holy Spirit, you're guiding us in all truth. And as your Spirit speaks, we can, we can trust what you say is true and right. But it does take faith, it does take trust to obey. Trust and obey, because there's no other way than to trust in you, Lord Jesus, the one and true and faithful that you will be like Aslan. You, will, you are the Lion of Judah. You are the one who will, who will help us experience this full life that you want us to live here and now, full of peace, full of joy, full of contentment, full of faith, full of love, full of patience, full of righteousness, full of goodness. Because Jesus, you are good. And we're following you, our King. And everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.